0: Welcome back to the Patrick Podcast. I'm so glad you're back. It's been a, a wonderful week, I think. It's been a good week. It's been a good week. I think most weeks are good weeks. You know, I think good is a good term for a week because, you know, we've got to do work and have hard conversations sometimes with family and friends, which isn't bad, Which, but it isn't great. It's good. So I hope you've had another good week. Um, I've had a good week and I'm excited for this week's episode. This week we are going to be talking or I'm going to be talking to Jackie Halstead, Dr. Jackie Halstead. She is a spiritual director, a family marriage therapist, professor, wife, mother, grandmother. She has so many wonderful hats and jackie and i lead contemplative silent retreats every year we haven't this past year in 2020 because of you know global pandemic stuff but we are looking forward to being back leading those retreats in the near future but i wanted her to come and not only talk about all of those wonderful things but she just wrote a book people She has a book called Leaning into God's Embrace, Leaning into God's Embrace, a guidebook for contemplative prayer. It is truly an amazing book with a beautiful cover, and it's got, it is green. It's just awesome. You really, folks, you really got to go pick it up. It's just a really great book. And it's actually one of those practical books that like gives you steps into practicing something, which I love. I love those kind of books because. They're always going to be useful uh, as you kind of create a a life for yourself, which is pretty incredible. So, we talk about her book, we talk about her life, her upbringing, um, some of the things that she's been involved in and is still involved in. It's just a wonderful, wonderful conversation. So, I'm so excited to get you to that. Um, Before we get to that, don't forget, folks, we are starting to do listener letters. Here in the next couple episodes, we'll start reading some of those letters, but make sure if you want me to answer your question, which could be pretty good, I think, maybe, it could be interesting nonetheless, but email me at thepatrickpodcasts at gmail.com, thepatrickpodcasts at gmail.com. You can make your letters anonymous and are, or not, and I will still change your name just to make sure uh, it's all Gucci. So uh, I don't know why I said all Gucci. That's (laughs) that's such
1: an old slang.
0: It's all Gucci, man. Hey,
1: everyone. It's Ben here. Sorry to butt in. Patrick had a hard time telling everyone what all the info was for the socials, the correct email to send in letters for, and the website information.
0: But yeah, so email Patrick uh, at Patrick at thepatrickpodcast.com. What? Thepatrickpodcast at gmail.com. That's the email.
1: So I'm just here to clear things up. First off, you can send in your questions to thepatrickpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find our website, which is patrickpodcast.com. And then the socials are at... The Patrick Podcast. All right, back to Patrick.
0: Follow us on the socials. Check out the website. Email me your questions so that we can answer them with our guests in the near future. It will be awesome. Um, also, another big shout out, as we are starting to open up, you know, back, like everything's starting to kind of open back up. We're getting into spring. People are going to be out more. I will always, always want to encourage you. To shop, eat, drink local. Like, do it, folks. These men and women who own these local restaurants and boutiques and uh, online shops, they have been going through it in the past year or so. And now that we're all back, getting back at it, make sure to go by when they're open in person, when you're comfortable, when you're feeling good about being out in public spaces go and shop and eat and drink and enjoy things locally because we love local. Local is the best. Not that corporate's bad, but you know, local is good. I like local. So shop, eat, drink, enjoy things locally and I think that's all that I have for today. Ben, what you
1: got? Well, it's March Madness, Patrick.
0: Oh, it is March Madness.
1: Yeah. Did so, you make I don't a bracket? Know if you know this. I, I did. I don't know if you know this, but so I I'm a avid Dungeons and Dragons player. We've definitely got to have a Dungeons and Dragons episode soon. That's coming. I'm not in sure future. what you mean by that, but I'm in.
0: Yeah, I mean, I want to. That's a that's a whole world of Dungeons and Dragons that is so fascinating, and yeah. and I love the culture of it at this point, and I want and I, I've got some ideas.
1: But yeah, yeah. continue. Um, so I'm not super interested this year in March Madness. Okay. I'll be honest. I, that's okay. I love basketball. I love watching March Madness. I think what's fascinating about NCAA basketball that's different from any other sport is that there's all these teams, like hundreds of teams competing oh, yeah. for one championship. Yeah. And the bracket narrows it down to 68 teams, but there's still all these other teams that have possible, they have a possible way in. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like the NFL is only like what thirty, forty teams. Yeah. It, so I just find it fascinating. There's so much passion in the in the tournament. But yeah, that's so I'm many not really upsets. interested. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not really interested in 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 it this year. So I came up with a Dungeons and Dragons style dice rolling system to fill out my bracket.
0: Ooh, that's good.
1: So. As we get some more episodes through the next few months, I'll keep you guys posted on how it's doing. As of right now, we're, we're actually recording, not to timestamp this, sorry, but we're okay. recording this on day one of March Madness. Yes, yeah, day one. I I am, Uh, as of this moment, I think that I'm four of five games correct. And it's uh, all because of the dice
0: roll. You roll the just, dice for all. Just
1: rolling dice. It, the system included the, the seeds. Like, they had certain advantages sure. based on their seeds. Yeah. Um, but it was all to an extent left up to chance and uh yeah so far i'm doing pretty well um i, I did have a 16 seed win they uh, a 16 seed actually won two rounds on my bracket wow um, that's pretty awesome i don't think that that's gonna happen <laughs> 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 so we'll see how it goes
0: yeah that'll be really interesting to see how that works out i think uh yeah i think that'd be i like that that's a good i think that's a good approach so yeah, I did create a bracket too. We'll see how it goes. Um, but I hope you did too, folks. I mean, it's one of those things. You're exactly right. I love the upsets. I love the especially these first several days that you're involved yeah. in the tournament. It's just so electric and chaotic and like so surprising on who gets put out because it is one game and that and it and it's basketball is just one of those sports to where if you just have a team of really good shooters and you play Good defense you catch a lot of good you catch a few good breaks you could take down the number one number two number three seed and you could be like one of these lower seeds you could be a, a team that like would never imagine beating one of these teams but you could one time and that's all that it takes is winning once you know that's it's a pretty awesome time of year so hooray for march hooray for march madness we got March Madness happening. We got vaccines rolling out. We've got s- spring on the way. We got sun daylight savings time. It really, this is, spring's a good time. We're having a good time this spring. I'm excited. I'm very excited. Okay, well, we've uh, chatted enough here. I hope you're ready for this episode, folks. Buckle up, nustle up, nustle up, cuddle up, cuddle up. I don't know. Whatever you're doing to listen while you're listening to this episode, get ready. It's coming at you. Here is Dr. Jackie Halstead. Peace. Jackie Halstead. (laughs) Hi. I guess (laughs) Dr.
2: That's Jackie right. Halstead.
0: Yeah, yeah. Welcome thank to you. the show. This has been a long time coming, honestly. Like, Yes, I'm, I know. I'm very excited. I'm
2: so, glad to be here.
0: <laughs> so uh, for those of you who don't know, we we have the wonderful pleasure of having Dr. Jackie Halstead with us on the podcast today. Thank
2: you, thank you. Yeah.
0: And so you, you are, like many of us, uh, someone who wears... Many hats.
2: Yes. yes. So do you want to
0: share with everyone, like, here are are some of the hats that you wear in life as a a way of introduction? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I guess my full-time job, I'm the associate director of the marriage and family therapy program for Abilene Christian University online. So I teach full-time with them.
0: Which is kind of... (laughs)
2: <laughs> like, talk about
0: getting a good gig I know, <laughs> right, right I know. before everything. Now it's like online is the thing.
2: <laughs> I know. And everybody else slowed down and, and we, did we did not. No, <laughs> Yeah. So everyone was saying, oh, I have so much time. And like, you're I saying, eh, ah, what is that? <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's that's the main, my main full-time job. But then... I also run a nonprofit, so I'm CEO of Sela Center for Spiritual Formation. Yes, and that's an um, organization that trains spiritual directors, and then we offer online courses in the contemplative Christian traditions, contemplative prayer, silence and solitude, simplicity, etc., and other like Benedictine. Uh, spirituality, and um, I just launched a couple ones on art and spirituality. It's called oh, wow. Cultivating Creativity, and one's on body spirituality, uh, Sacred Dust. Wow. So just a lot of resources, and the impetus for that was I grew up in Saskatchewan and Montana, and these tiny little churches, I'm a PK, these little churches that the especially the ministers were just dry, 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 you know yeah. they don't have all the resources we have in the Bible out that's true, so I wanted to create some quality online offerings that address spiritual formation, so that was what what um my reason for creating it. <clears throat> And then I'm also, you know, I train marriage and family therapists. I'm also a marriage and family therapist, <laughs> and I'm a spiritual director. That's so amazing. So, um, yeah, probably those four are my wow. <laughs> my main things.
0: And now you're an author. Yes. Officially, yes. <laughs> officially an author. Yeah. And the book that just, just came out, uh, Leaning into God's Embrace which is such yeah. a great title. Yeah. And even when you get the book, when you go online look at the book everybody, even the picture on the book will just bring peace to you oh. cuz it's such a great picture. <laughs> great.
2: Oh, I'm glad you think that. <laughs> oh, it's so yeah, good. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I just love creation, so
0: yeah. Yeah, and that's and that, in some ways that's been a part of our our journey yeah. uh, is that we have co-led Um, Really, I'm just like holding the door. (laughs) (laughs) But we have quote unquote co-lent, mostly led by Jackie, (laughs) these uh, contemplative retreats for the past, I mean, it's... How long? Oh my goodness, it's been a
2: long time. Eight, nine years? At least
0: eight or nine years.
2: Yeah, yeah, I was trying to remember. Wow, Yeah. so amazing. And I must say, Patrick, you've done a lot more than hold the door. (laughs) Just your support and you... You're an evangelist. I mean, you get people in and excited about it, and yeah, well, thank you. So, yeah, yeah. I really appreciated getting to do that with you. Yeah, it's a real treat, and
0: hopefully, again soon. <laughs> I cannot wait. I truly, yes. truly, if you've never been a part, wherever you're listening, if it's here in Nashville or somewhere else, if you've never done a silent retreat, done a contemplative retreat, of it, it's anything like it. You've you've got to do it. It's yeah, such an amazing yeah, experience. It is. Uh, it's great on your own, and and honestly, it's just amplified uh, when you do it with others mm-hmm. because you're you're getting to see how other people are experiencing uh, their time in silence and in contemplation. Yeah, it's a wonderful experience,
2: and it's really about you and God. Oh,
0: absolutely. But
2: yeah. the. There is something about doing it in community that mm-hmm. just their presence, even when you're not talking, but also knowing other people are around the property or in the building right. engaging in the same yeah. experiences. And it's powerful. Some,
0: yeah, and in some ways, it's like how you are, it's like it's a way to exist in community without using words. Right. Like it is right. possible for you to exist. And be present, and and feel presence in a space where n- none of you are using hardly in a, in any words, which is right, so right. kind of unique and different from our experience every day in right, life. Right, right.
2: Where yeah. we don't re- we don't always have to be talking to connect. Right. It's just that presence and the spirit's presence yeah. that brings us together like that. So, yeah. Montana. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, what is that like? <laughs> what is growing up in Montana? Like how, you know, we all, we, everyone knows Montana. And, and we all have like images in our heads of like, this is what Montana must be like. <laughs> but what is it actually like to
2: grow, up, grow in up. up in Montana? Well, we moved there when I was 10.
0: Oh, that's like a perfect but, uh, time almost. Yeah,
2: I really do consider that home. You know, I'm very proud to be a Canadian, but right, that's true. Montana right, that's true. <laughs> is is home, but it's it's changed some. It's becoming much more touristy yeah. where I grew up in Bozeman.
0: Which do you know? There's direct flights to Bozeman. Yes,
2: I do. Which it's just I'm like allegiant, what? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like super cheap tickets. I know. I had to cancel one last year. But- <sighs> Yeah, but it um it's beautiful. You know, and it it always still feeds my soul. We go back every other year for a family reunion and mm-hmm. and oh my goodness, it's just breathtaking, the right. Rockies and but, you know, we spent a lot of time outside and my I credit my dad for this, but he immediately enrolled all of us in skiing classes wow. and and we had snowmobiles and we ice skated and he was a ho- he played hockey so he got us all on skates pretty early That's and amazing. sledding and I mean it was just a fun fun way to grow up. A yeah. lot of cowboys and I wanted a horse but dad said been there, done that. I grew up on a farm. I'm not having a horse. <laughs> So it's like said, you've been there
0: and done that, Dad. Yeah, I have I know, not I been there and done
2: that. <laughs> I needed you there, Patrick. <laughs> but he said, "All your friends have horses; just ride theirs."
0: Oh man! So,
2: um, but that was just a sweet um, place. And my mom grew up in Livingston, which is about oh yeah thirty miles from Bozeman, and so she's the one who kind of got us back there. Um, to work with a, my dad's a preacher so to work with the church there but she she lives in Calgary now they live in Calgary but she still yearns for Montana she wow. just loves it but
0: But yeah cuz like you said you have this Canadian like those are like the root roots is yeah, this Canadian yeah. roots and like what like was that you know cuz that's one amazing you know area you know country yeah. and moving into Montana, another amazing scenic <laughs> area. And it's like, yeah, so yeah. That's just such a, yeah, such a unique experience growing up in such beautiful scenery.
2: Yeah. Well, and where I grew up, which people don't usually think of it as beautiful, but it was a prairie, Saskatchewan, mm-hmm. flat. I mean, it was like you took an iron to it. It was so flat. Wow. But the beauty of it, the, you know... In the winter, just this sparkling snow for miles and miles yeah. and miles, and and then in the summer, these golden wheat fields, and so a different kind of beauty. But then, right from that to the
0: <laughs> to the Rockies, mountains. yeah,
2: <laughs> where my dad, who grew up in Saskatchewan, he would say, "I can't see anything; <laughs> <laughs> yes. everything's blocked." Oh man! But yeah, it was sweet. It yeah, making my heart warm I... thinking about.
0: It. <laughs> So, I'm always curious, like, 16-year-old Jackie, does she imagine that one day she's going to be a spiritual director, a family marriage therapist, <laughs> an author, like, is that what's, like, what does 16-year-old Jackie think about, like, oh the gosh. Jackie of now? Like, what, was, <laughs> does she get any way close to... You know, married and kids and all this—like, does this? What was she thinking? <laughs>
2: oh my goodness! You know, I—I <laughs> I don't think I could have imagined. Yeah. I, you know, we—for one thing, I didn't think I would ever leave the North. Um, so to live in Nashville now is—is kind of would have blown sixteen-year-old Jackie's <laughs> mind. You're going to live in the uh, South. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but my um, folks always encouraged us to do whatever. And my mom was a, mom is, a you know, just an idea person. So mm. always having these deep discussions. So she pushed education. And that's really what got me, you know, to the different places is, you know, I just keep going back for more degrees. Yeah. So um, yeah, I don't think I could have imagined it. But. So
0: was there a moment like whether it was when you were getting out of high school or when you finally were finally in college that it started to that the picture started to come a little bit clear as to like here's the direction of where I'm gonna go?
2: uh no <laughs> i i think it just unfolded as it went along yeah. i I loved the church i loved ministry, and that door wasn't open so i think if it had been um you know even as a sixteen year old i would have i would have gone to college for that but right. but I didn't even know it wasn't i didn't even have the radar for it right but that's that was my call. Yeah. And so then, you know, I went first for business and then mm-hmm. counseling and then marriage and family therapy. And, and my husband, Randy, went into ministry. So it just kind of unfolded as we went along. And um, one thing we were taught was you know you've been given much and so you must give much and so always looking for that opportunity to serve and you know how can god use me and and i consider that one of the greatest gifts my parents yeah. gave me is that you know you go to church not to for people to take care of you you're looking for ways that you can serve and take care of other people in the yeah. church and and um that's just been a great lens to have, yeah. Both in the church and then in the world to know I'm a I'm God's instrument, regardless of what I'm doing, and so I'm grateful.
0: That's great. That's great for that. So let's get a little bit into this book here.
2: All right.
0: So you, it's you know the the kind of subtitle is a guidebook for contemplative prayer. Yes. And so I guess. As you were, I mean, you, you could have written many a books, right? There's, there's so much. I mean, you have a nonprofit that you run, that you run, and you do writings as a part of, like, the communication piece of, right, right. of your nonprofit. And so there's so many different themes you could have decided to land on when writing your first book. Mm. What made you say this, like, let's do a guidebook. Let's do this because this is kind of what the first step needs to be.
2: Well, um, one of the ways I got into this, the contemplative traditions, yeah. and you probably, you know, if once you get into there, you've heard all of that probably <laughs> at our retreat. That's great. That's great. But the it was a Jesuit priest to, you know, I was trying to discern whether to go back for my PhD in mm-hmm. order to teach or was I going to. Be a full-time counselor, and so I was at that crossroads. And someone gave me this book, "Sleeping with Bread," yeah. um, about the process of discernment, and you know what is life-giving, what takes life from you. And so I love to teach, so that took me down the path for a PhD. Right. But I sought that the author of that book out and started going to his retreats. And, you know, he just opened up this huge world of all these treasures right. that I didn't know were yeah. there. Oh, yeah. You know, they're thousands of years of prayer forms and ways of being with God that I just had no idea were there. And and he became a mentor for me. So, you know, he's he's a dear, dear friend still. And, you know, this is—I was 95, so— that's whatever that is. Uh, yeah. 25 yeah, yeah. years.
0: Just a few years ago. Yes.
2: <laughs> but um, he encouraged me. He said, you know, whatever it is that you spend all your time speaking about, you know, you at some point you realize that you can't be as many places as you want that material to be. Ah. So put it in a book and then it can have a greater sphere of influence. Yeah. And so that it's kind of been percolating um, for a while, just because I give out these handouts all the time, mm-hmm. you know, at all the retreats oh, yeah. and things. On, so I thought, you know, getting it into a form, both for someone's personal use, but also to lead groups. And so, I it's kind of the the two two levels there, and so that was the impetus. Wow, that's for great. It. And I have. Many other ideas, but that's that's a start. And
0: yeah, and that's what's so. I mean, that's when you when you talk about your experience of first encountering these like these prayers and these practices that you said thousands. You yeah, know they're yeah. they're so old. <laughs> and what's so wild to me is that there are many people who've never who are who are students in universities right now. Who, are, who have yet to even come close to even encountering I some know, of these practices, which is like how, how are our churches and our faith communities like not like leaning literally leaning into these practices that right. have been around for so long? So I guess the question then for you is that as someone who has is, who is probably been in and out of so many different kinds of churches, and even denominations and and different tribes and and different you know institutions you know why do you think that so many people are like not like knowledgeable or at least like have any kind of experiences with yeah.
2: these well I think it's a inherent inherent prejudice against all things Catholic ah, you know, yeah. I think a lot of it is the but you know I say that but even the Many people who are Catholics aren't familiar right. with these things, That's but right. they're more likely to be exposed. But, um, you know, the Protestant church just kind of cut those ties and started over, which, of course, we didn't start over. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think it's a shame. But I was, that reminds me, I was teaching a class. On disciplines for Christian living to undergraduates, mm-hmm. and um, repeatedly, so I probably taught the course six times. Repeatedly, the students would say, "Why hasn't anyone ever told us right. about this?" <laughs> well, I don't it's think like, they know about it, know. but they don't know either. That's right, the thing; right. they don't know either. <laughs> yeah, but I, there is a resurgence, yeah, you know, there and is. more and more are talking about it. And I just am so grateful. So this is a little bit, one thing I am always looking for is an introductor, an introductory book mm-hmm. on contemplative prayer. And I just, there's some out there, but um, I guess I decided I want it, wanted it the way I think it should be. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, that's essentially what it is, an introduction. And... Um, hopefully, a gentle way to experience these if you're brand new to them. And.
0: Right. Well, and, and I do love that. Even though there are likely many of books that can be a, a way of introduction to these practices and these prayers and things of that nature, but Dr. Jackie Halstead hasn't done a book like that yet. <laughs> so it's like, it, yeah, we have so many, but it, none. We don't have your voice, yeah, just like someone yeah. else years from now will, you know, throw in their voice to this thing. Yeah. And I think some people are like, well, there's already a book about this. It's like, that's okay. But <laughs> yes. your voice hasn't been said, you know, brought right, into the... Right. And you have unique experiences and, and unique stories and, and encounters that are unlike someone else.
1: Like, yeah. we, we, love yeah. our, we
0: love Richard Foster. We love all these other folks that have done kind of introductory books, but it's like, there's, there's room for others at the table. Yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) Well, and people would say to me, another book on Contemporary Bird. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And one of the things I found, you know, putting all this down feels very vulnerable. You know, you can't take Mm -hmm. it back. That's right. (laughs) And you can't read your audience, you know, that probably says a lot about me, but. Well, and as an Enneagram 8, like
0: we don't, that right. you've done something that, I'm like, we're all the 8s who and are like, a... good for you. <laughs> good for you.
2: Exactly. Yeah. But um, one of the things the editor kept, as I was, you know, you go back and forth and back and forth with the editor and he kept saying, I need more Jackie here. I need more Jackie oh, there. Yeah. Add some stories. Add some stories. But, but, and, and that really is, that's what you're talking about. Right. You know, okay. This is coming from me, so, yeah, put my voice in there, and so yeah, but it 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 was it feels like a birth, yeah, it was really, yeah, good to get it done
0: <laughs> is there is there a story that you tell in the book that you still can't believe you told in the book? <laughs>
2: Oh, I don't, I don't know. I'd have to think about yeah, it.
0: Think about that.
2: You know, it is one kind of weird thing is when I'm talking. So I've already talked to some groups who've read it. Yeah. Or who are using it for a book club, which is that's great. mind boggling. Yeah, you're but, like, what? <laughs> I know. But... Um, so I I have these stories I tell all the time. You mm-hmm. know that oh, yeah. from when we we're on the retreats. But so as I'm telling it then to a group, I'm thinking they probably already know this one. So should I think of something else? And but they typically want to hear it anyway, even yeah. though they read it. But
0: well, I mean, I, and I think, in in part, some stories are worth repeating. Yeah. And, yeah. and when we you know when little kids, we, we all had this in us. Little kids do what? They pick the same story right. to hear over and over and yeah, over again. Yeah. We do it with music. It's like, I want to hear that song over and over and over again. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely okay to have those stories that are retold because sometimes it's like, yeah, it's good to hear that story again.
2: Well, and sometimes there's just no other story that captures what you're trying to That's exactly right. Share, so, yeah, That's exactly I right. agree.
0: Yeah. So when you look at the the... The prayers and some of the practices that you put into the book. Is there is there one that you're like, man, I are, you know, I I really hope that people that this provides the maybe even the aha moment Mm -hmm. for people that it that it has for you. Because I mean there's there's quite a few, Mm -hmm. but I know that like, you know, I'm sure for you as as it would be with anyone, like some of these are way more like Oh, this is the one I really right, love. Right, and I yeah. really hope people kind of fall in love with this the way that I've fallen in love with this practice yeah. or prayer. I don't know if there's one that kind of you no know, kind of comes to the to the top for you.
2: Well, it's it's less that I want them to resonate with one that really sure. jumps at me and more that I wanted enough in there coming from different lenses or um well, I just wanted some in there that would resonate with different people in different ways. Yeah. So, like, there's some that are um, using Scripture, and there's just a level of comfort, you know, in Churches of Christ. That's true. We are comfortable with Scripture. So um, those resonate with some people, but then there's some kinesthetic ones, mm-hmm. which... Um, they're really useful to me because my mind just goes 100 miles an hour, and and so having something that I'm doing or touching or writing or walking or um, helps still my mind and helps me be present. So my hope is that one or two of them yeah. will really open up that space to um, experience God as love you know to lean into God's embrace and, yeah. and so it's less that i want them to have one and more that try try some out and and find one that really fits fits you well and and i've experienced that in the retreats i lead that right. i want to share enough forms that some people are visually oriented so the imaging prayer just really grabs them mm-hmm. and they They've never experienced being with Jesus like that, as they do in that prayer. But then others, to have the permission to go on a walk, and that can be prayer, you know. You can do it as a creation walk, or just walk. Um, So it's helping people be with. God in a way that's different than just sitting in a chair and reading the Bible and folding our well, hands. Yeah, and
0: I, and I guess is that is that in some ways, and maybe you can speak to a little bit more to this. Like, what are the misconceptions about entering into contemplative, you know, practices and prayers? Like, I feel yeah, like you've yeah. had to deal with <laughs> misconceptions, or and even you could even toss in in this in this answer, even the misconceptions about or misunderstandings about. What spiritual direction is, yeah you know?
2: yeah well, to the the first one, um, I with some groups, I have to be real careful with my language because it can be off putting, you know again, to back what we were saying right. earlier, because some of the preconceptions we've had misconceptions we've had about tradition, mm-hmm. you know, so. I'll often start with a group who hasn't had any connection with contemplative prayer, and let me just say this, as we're talking about it. Yeah, that's good. Contemplative prayer is the listening side of prayer. So that's
0: good. Yeah.
2: What we typically do when we think about prayer is we we set the agenda, so we decide what we're going to say. You know, we're going to have our Prayer requests, we're gonna do our thanksgiving, adoration, confession. You know, we we decide. Yeah. These forms of prayer are letting God set the agenda. So it's a diff it's kinda of out of the box for a lot of us that um, it's a much more vulnerable, you know, again, the listening side of the conversation. And so it's just a lot of different forms that help us be still and let God speak to us. Right. So whether it's and so what I started to say a minute ago is so people who are very comfortable with scripture, if you start with like Lectio Divina, where it's repetition of, you know, reading a verse over and over until we drop from our head to our heart. So we're not analyzing it. Right. We're being in it and yeah. just listening to what God might rise up raise up in the passage for us. So, um, part of the misconception is, you know, what's, is just fear, you know, um, fear of what might be wrong in our spiritual practices. And so helping people get past that and just, just be here and, and see if God interacts with you. And so that's, that's a big one. Um, that I face a lot, and what was the second part of your question? Uh, it was the uh,
0: maybe even some of the misconceptions, even with spiritual direction. Because I know that yeah. that's another space that you're that you're very you know uh, experienced in. Even you do training in that, but I feel like that's also you know we're we're finally I feel like as a culture, especially those that are find themselves trapped up in like a Christian narrative or in any, any kind of like faith tradition for that matter. It feels like we're all turning the corner when it comes to, like, counseling and therapy. And now everybody's like, but do you have a spiritual director? And I'm yeah. like, whoa, 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 whoa. What, what are you talking about, a spiritual yeah. director? What is that? You know, it's like people are like, I just got used to just going to therapy. And now y'all are telling me yeah. I got to get a spiritual director, too. And it's like,
2: honestly, yeah. <laughs> I wish everybody was in spiritual direction, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's another, and it's a bit of a misnomer, spiritual director. Right. Because we aren't the directors, the spirit is the director. And so it's kind of the same idea that we're, as a spiritual director, I'm helping someone with their relationship with God. I want them to be listening to God, not to me. Right. You know, I'll share, um, you know, maybe the insights God's giving me, but... My whole job is to say, "What? How are you praying about that? Or where do you see God in that? Or what's going on between you and God?" Shifting the focus um, away from whatever the issue is to where's God in that, and so you know, since I'm both a therapist and a <laughs> yeah, is that tough for you to, to stay like to keep <laughs> in, the, in the the lanes. different lane you're trying to. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. you know, not as much now, but uh, yeah. I will discern. People will come to me and say, I don't know if I need counseling or spiritual direction. And so we'll usually spend time discerning, you know, what is it you're really looking for? And, and if they um, end up working with me in spiritual direction, you know, the focus again is on them and God. And so it's different from counseling where we're focusing on a relationship or an issue. And so sometimes in spiritual direction, and we spend a lot of time in the training talking about that, that a counseling issue will kind of take over. Right. And in those instances, you need to recommend. You know, you need mm-hmm. to see a counselor about that because this isn't what spiritual direction is about. So I will often say, um, you know, and not if once or twice, sure, but if every time it's about this problem, then I'll say, you know, I'd like you to be working with a counselor at the same time we're in spiritual direction so yeah. we can keep this relationship really about you and God and not get... Um, too distracted with these issues. Not that they're not important, but it's that's a different role than what spiritual direction is. So yeah. there is there is a difference there. and
0: That's good. That's good.
2: And so, with spiritual direction, you typically meet once a month, uh-huh. whereas therapy yeah, is it more be, frequent. Yeah, more frequently. Yeah. Because you want to encourage that relationship with God. Um Rather than the relationship with me, so yeah so in in
0: your in your experience, like, do you find that there is um, a demographic that really like finds themselves wrapped up in these contemplative prayers and practices, spiritual direction, all like all of this stuff, especially within the contemplative practices and prayers, do you find that there's a demographic that really kind of resonates with it and is that surprising or unsurprising to you like is there do you find that like mm-hmm. oh i feel like this is this is the, this is the the kind of folks that typically find themselves here um we see less of this but maybe when some of that does show up they they really say oh wow i should have been here the whole time
2: yeah um well, unfortunately, you know, I'm I'm thinking about people who come to be trained as spiritual directors, sure, yeah, and unfortunately, that's people who can afford it, and oh yeah, okay. people who go on retreats are ones who can afford taking off work, and yeah. you know, so the socioeconomic piece, unfortunately, it's for yeah. those who are um, have the means to. Pay or take off work or whatever, and yeah. um, I taught some classes in the prison with the life program with Lipscomb. Oh wow! Yeah, and taught um, disciplines for Christian living, and then faith and culture. And, and what was that
0: like? What was that at oh whole, I'm sure it was amazing. <laughs> it was, but it was like, amazing. was there anything that surprised you about that whole experience?
2: Um. Well. Before I okay, yeah. before I answer that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You're keeping yeah. us on track. <laughs> just that demographic, though, love this stuff. Oh, yeah. And so I think it's more of exposure to it than a certain demographic. Um, people who are older seem to just have this knack, you know, like... <laughs> like I'm talking 70s and 80s, that they are already living it without even having the language for it. Um, But I've seen all, you know, from kids in high school um, who love it when they're introduced to church, little kids. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's just the lack of exposure, I think, that keeps us from doing it. I'd really like to get... It more in the hands of the homeless population, and um, try to figure out. Well, let me let me say one more side, and then I'll go back to answer. But I'm on the board of Peno Ridge, which is a retreat center. Oh, nice! And once a month, we have a retreat for the homeless. It's called Solidarity with the Homeless. That's awesome! And they pick up. 12 people and so then they come on of course we haven't been able to do it during Mm -hmm. the pandemic Mm -hmm. but they come on and spend the day and we don't have training you know but it's about being in this space and letting down and getting your clothes washed taking a nap getting a couple good meals feeling safe yeah and then you know some debriefing in a building out there called the well where just conducive to spirituality but but um just you see the the longing to be with god in a deep way and that's what this is about right um so i think you know and i'm a evangelist too but (laughs) that's right (laughs) i think it anybody could use it but yeah but at the prison um you know not all the women were christians Oh, and yeah. but they had to take a Bible class because they're Lipscomb students, so we had to work around that. <laughs> like I remember, in one class, um, part of the class was they were in groups uh, working on. Um, characteristics of Jesus, so Mm -hmm. through the semester, so service or forgiveness or um, I can't remember all we did, but um, one of the women said, you know, I feel like I'm being forced. This is being shoved down my throat. I don't want to do this. And so I worked with her to do a paper on, you know, comparing something something I can't remember what it was sure, maybe sure, it was sure. meditation to contemplate a prayer or yeah. something but but you know so she was sitting by herself watching these groups you know and it was traditional Lipscomb students with the inmates and so for the whole semester they're working on forgiveness or service or um, courage or um, I can't think of the, the different characteristics but and she finally said, you know, I guess I would like to be in a, a group. I
0: was <laughs> <laughs> like, well, let me one of these groups.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it was sweet to see her engaged. And, you know, I, I don't care if she was oh, a believer. Yeah, exactly. But right. to live these important characteristics was um, a sweet thing. But all that to say, they they really resonated, especially with the silence and the solitude. Mm-hmm. And, um Different forms of meditation, breath prayer, and um, examine, you know, sharing what's life giving, what's life taking, and um, and they were great examples for the traditional students who who don't feel as grateful about their education. And oh no,
0: (laughs) I can't imagine.
2: Yeah, can't imagine. So it was uh, real sweet to see them just drink up these um, prayer forms. Well, yeah, it's
0: just interesting. I think you're exactly right. It's like some of these things, it does come down to you just have access, though access of financial resources or time Mm -hmm. to go and do these things, like contemplative prayer and practices, retreats you know, uh, extra training courses. But you're exactly right. Like if you were to go to a team, to a group of teens, whether they live in the suburbs or the inner city or wherever, it's like they would for sure love this if they had any exposure to it.
2: Right, And so,
0: and and that goes true for people who are in their 20s and 30s and 40s and beyond, 50s, 60s, whatever, where it's like, okay, I've never... Done this thing before, but yeah. like I did it one time and it was really great. Yeah, and it's just like I and you know, I think you're exactly right. Like why it's just trying to get people to try a thing for the first time. It's like I promise you, it's not as like out there as you think it is, and it's not <laughs> as like hard as you think it
2: yeah. it might be. Well, I have a sweet story about that. When I was teaching disciplines for Christian living at mm-hmm. Lipscomb, um, I got. You know, there were the Bible majors, and there were the pagans, and I got the pagans. (laughs) (laughs) I loved that. I loved having those. That's good. The ones who weren't, you know, they were doing all sorts of majors. Like business and and, nursing. Yeah, and and, the athletes. The
0: athletes, yeah.
2: And there was this one, and that's the class where they, you know, some of them were saying, why hasn't anyone ever told us about that? Yeah. But each week of the semester, they had to try a different discipline, you know, so we went through a bunch of disciplines and um so it process of examen lexio divina different body prayers you know so laying prostrate or um or um kneeling or and fasting and um so different prayers so every week they were trying something and they just had to try it and reflect on it and And um, we did the breath prayer, which is breathe in, you know, and and you're saying, Jesus Christ, Son of God, and then breathing out, have mercy on me, a sinner. And there's different words you can use, but that's the traditional one. But so they were practicing it, and um, this one athlete I think he was a basketball player and he was not happy to be in that class. <laughs> and so really at the beginning was just, oh. you know, slumping in his chair and trying oh, not wow. to pay attention. But um, he got into it after a while and he loved that prayer form and he said, I use it before a game, I use it when I'm standing in wow. line. He said, It has been so helpful to me and he really became you know, he was telling all his teammates about it. So <laughs> that's just so great. you know, when you're you know, these prayers have stood the test of time and they're mm-hmm. still just such rich ways of being with God and so I think you know, they can apply to anybody and Yeah.
0: That's great. Um, okay, so I kind of want to get in into uh, this is kind of a little side tangent but I'm curious cuz you know I believe that you're the first family marriage therapist I've had on the show. Oh. I think that's right. Yeah. Um so you know we're we're coming out you know uh, out of covid. Like covid is we're starting to see Lord the willing. other yeah. side of this thing, right? I hope so. But but what we're also seeing and and what we're starting to see roll out is um kind of the the uh the casualties not mm-hmm. only of like what the actual disease has done to families and to individuals but like relationships.
2: Yeah.
0: Right? Like I I Excuse have me. experienced and seen and whether in close proximity <clears throat> or from a distance many relationships that are now strained
2: yeah, because
0: of yeah. all of the the lockdown and the quarantining and the social distancing, and so I'm wondering for you, as I'm sure you have set in many a sessions virtually and ma- in probably well, some all in person and yeah. all virtually. Or I yeah. remember, I think some people were like meeting in parks and like trying to yeah, make it work yeah. or whatever. But like, what what maybe is like some wisdom you? could give us as we mm. as there are likely couples maybe listening to this or individuals who are married or who are friends with couples or things of that nature. Or just individuals. I mean it's been a, a thing is even if you're even if you are unmarried, like that's that the year that was twenty twenty in the first part of twenty twenty one can be it's been pretty pretty challenging for folks.
2: Well you know and i think we're just i think there's going to be so much that comes out and like you're saying yeah. and in terms of how this has impacted us emotionally relationally psychologically spiritually yeah um but my my biggest encouragement would be um give yourself grace uh, you, everybody made mistakes, and you know there's yeah. things we wish we had done or done differently, and and give grace to the people you are in relationship with. Yeah. You know, 2020 was a one-off, and yeah. it was just hard, and there was no manual on no. how to do it. Right? No. <laughs> and so, like you said, we're s- suddenly thrust into this situation where we're together all the time. And for some people that worked and they loved it. And some people were tremendously lonely, even if someone else was there and, you know, others, it just really caused a lot of conflict. So it's, you know, take a breath, look forward. This is a new chapter we're moving into and um, forgive and let go of some of the, hard things you've experienced learn from as best you can learn some lessons from it on what to do better and what to you know make some commitments to do some things well but the biggest thing is especially in relationships is look at yourself before you're looking at the other person and (laughs) <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cuz you know, yeah. when especially couples come in, they're always pointing the finger at the other person and
0: can you believe what they said or <laughs> <laughs> what they did. Right, right.
2: And it's you know, there's going to be movement right in that couple or relationship or whatever it is. When they start looking at themselves and when both people are looking at themselves, then Um, They start to do better. And, of course, there's exceptions when there's abusive situations and stuff. But um, it was just hard. And so recognize that and shake the dust off and move forward. You know, we can decide um, what meaning to give to it. and, um, Hmm. And if you need help moving forward, get help. There's a lot of um, counselors, pastors, yeah, spiritual sure. directors, a lot of people who can help. But it, I mean, the, the bizarre thing about it is it affected the whole world. Yeah. So we're all kind of.
0: We all of, were affected.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So Every we're all trying to figure out, okay, how do we move forward from this? And, and hmm. we have some agency. We have some choice. And how we move forward.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's really, really good. Thank Man, you. And so good. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's been a it's been a wild one. But um, I was gonna I was gonna ask something that was connected to that. But I guess what I, I guess another thing I'll will pivot even again <laughs> because I'm like these are like kind of my last little pivots. I'm like, got Jackie here. I gotta ask. <laughs> To get her takes oh, on yeah. on these on these things, um, and and one is you know as uh, as we you know think about just all all of the things, especially when it relates to um, church. I mean, you've been like you said earlier before. You know, you were you were PK, and then yeah. you were a, a minister's wife, which is like. Yeah. <laughs> Not always the best thing. Yes, <laughs> thank
2: <laughs> you. Think, I, I, yeah. feel
0: like we, I feel like it's, it's turning a corner, maybe. And, like past, and <laughs> pastor, ministers, spouses like are not seen as like, oh, you...
2: Part of the deal. Part of the yeah, deal, you know.
0: Yeah. I'm sure that's not the case in some, in some tribes and circles and, and places, but I feel like that's collectively changing, maybe. I don't know. But yeah. what I, I, the thing I'm, I'm always curious about, and I've been curious about, which is, and, and maybe you can speak to this because you've you've had so much, you know, some experience and many a conversation with, with uh, different kinds of people. Which is why, and maybe without getting us two in the weeds, we can get in the weeds, but may I get two in the weeds? <laughs> but why are faith institutions so um, resistance resistant? To change, mm. and to, um, you know, for for institutions who who preach about growth mm-hmm. and about moving into a a new space, and and reading texts like, you know, all things will you know will be renewed.
2: Yeah.
0: When it comes to like the actual practicalness of it, it's like. No, we kind of like the way that the thing is yeah, working
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we don't like to give up this control and i and I'm curious if if you've been able to like you know put together like here's what I think it's is happening
2: well <laughs> <laughs> let me answer first from a systems perspective okay I'm a that's good systems theorist um, there's a a thing called homeostasis, oh. which is the norm,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and so we live with this um, normal way of being. And the forces, you know, when we try to change, all the forces of the system are going to dampen that change or deviation in order to get back to the norm because we're familiar with it. We're comfortable, even though we don't like it. Yeah, maybe but it's what we know. And so in order to move to a a different way of being, there has to be forces within the system that will support that deviation. Mm. And that is very counter to any human system. So you think about a family where, um, you know, a kid grows up in a dysfunctional family, and then they they're in their own family, and even though they didn't like it, they do the exact same things in their family. It's because that's, that's what they're familiar that's the, with, yeah, homeostasis. The norm, yeah. So um, a church is like, you know, we don't like to think we are, but we're like any other system that um, there's always going to be forces that are going to push back on any kind of change. Deviation, because of this level of familiarity, and and we were probably like most preachers, most ministers. My husband and I were in the situations where we were, oh, great, you can be change agents, and <laughs> of course, once you start to do that, right. then the whole system is fighting against you uh-huh. because that someone's poking holes in right. the boat, like- <laughs> right? Right. So um, that's kind of the technical, but. Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of it is, well, sometimes we don't, we shouldn't change, you know, there are some things that are, we should avoid, but a lot of, especially the good change, you know, and who's deciding if it's good or not, but, um, there's a lot of fear to going into the unknown and We've always done this. I know what it looks like, and um so i I think a lot of the tension in churches is um, because there's some fear, there's some yeah. sadness going with letting go and and as people in ministry, if we can hear you know conflict resolution people talk about. Keeping an eye to what's below, the, below line. the line. That's right. And so, if we can, as we hear resistance, pushback, anger at potential change, if we can really see what's that sadness, what's that fear below the line, that's where we need to focus our attention rather than trying to push these darn folks yeah. through this. Uh, Which is so funny process. because
0: the and the reality is that. If I say, oh, you're being afraid and you're being fearful, it is like no one, no one it's, takes that well. Right, Like right, no one, yeah. no one yeah, ever. Yeah, don't say, want to do that. No one ever takes like, <laughs> you're just afraid. Right. It's like if anything, <laughs> that just rouses someone
2: up. Yeah, him. it's almost dismissive. It is. It. Yeah.
0: Even though it's like, because I guess in our own minds, we think I'm not operating out of fear
2: like no right. one
0: it really takes someone who this is this is
2: just right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like you have to be on a on a on a certain level of self-realization to realize that like, oh, this moment right now, I'm wrapped up in fear. Yeah. And I am yeah. afraid of like changing and doing something different.
2: And it's also humility as maybe the person who's initiating the change, you know. Right. Um do I really have the right to shift the whole boat like this or you know and being willing to to incorporate the other person's voice in mm. the direction i want to go you know so it's not just it's really easy to get polarized because um they're not on board with i want you know and so both sides are doing it right but it's you know how do we give give everybody a voice and do do something different than what every other system in the world is doing <laughs> you know let's let's have the church be more gracious to each other, speaking of grace again and and um, try to respond out of love rather than power, yeah. you know which it becomes whose idea is gonna win, and that's way too common in, in the church.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, Jackie, what a great conversation. And
2: this Thank book. You, Patrick.
0: Leaning into God's Embrace, a guidebook for contemplative prayer. And on the back, as another great line, which is, discover a life beyond the noise. Uh, so, yeah. so, so, so good. People, wherever you can buy books, you've got to buy this book, and you've got to buy lots of copies. To do book clubs and to do <laughs> retreats. And, yeah, this is – and what I love about this is for those of you who are read, or are listening who are like, I don't really like reading or I don't uh, – this, uh, this is such a – what I love about this book already in just kind of looking through it and even glancing at a little bit of it is that it's so practical. And that's something that I think people love. It's practical books mm-hmm. and practical things that are going to really help you um, in your life. So go pick it up. Uh, we'll put some links in in our show notes and things of that nature. But yes, go pick up Jackie Halstead's brand new book. <laughs> we love it. Okay, before <laughs> we you, leave, Patrick, let's do oh, a little no. speed. Well, mm-hmm. I don't. I, I guess speed round may not be the best word, but we'll say like our our last little round of questions here and then we will be done okay first one
2: Mm, what's something what's something
0: people seem to misunderstand about you
2: well you alluded earlier to me being an eight (laughs) and people say what you can't be an eight you're so gentle right right (laughs) which again like that's something that's very surprising to people
0: yeah but i love that because it's like (laughs) I'm an enneagram 8 or type 8 and you also have a uh, type 8. It's like we're different people. Not only are we different right. because man and woman, but we're different in our ethne- ethnicity and our race. <laughs> like we're different and it's like and even our energy. It's like but at the same time it's like it doesn't change our motivation.
2: Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So yeah, talk some about that. Like what like when you finally discovered that like what was that like? Well, reading or I, hearing about Taipei, you're like, oh my goodness! Yeah, first when I was like,
2: Who well, you know this? how you don't like it when no. when it's yours and yeah, I because it's it's really phrase so awful, you know that you're abrasive and you push everybody around, but um, but I just kept coming back to it because I yeah. just it fits so well that you know I I know what I think I'm I um. I've gotten in trouble for years on um, having wanting it my way and knowing <laughs> having it's, a lot of confidence in that. And
0: well, um, we're 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 rarely wrong, and I'm being retch. nice by saying we're rarely wrong.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, but people we, don't think people that don't. <laughs> I think that way, but I do. Yeah, it's like I know
0: that I'm right, you know, but it's okay. You just haven't come to realize that yet. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay,
0: so what are some of your <laughs> favorite quotes?
2: Mm, I know there's so many. Um, you know, I love a lot of things by Mother Teresa. Um yeah. she talks about a smile is. I'm not going to be able to remember any. Anyway, I like a lot of Mother, Mother Teresa.
0: So, what to say, anyway. Mother Teresa quotes? Okay. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's yes. good. That's good. Um. Albums everyone should listen to, or like one or two albums people should listen to, if they
2: haven't already. Albums, wow. You know, I go back for the old stuff. I just watched um, Good Omens. Have you read that book by Neil Gaiman? No. Anyway, it's a, it's a series, a British series on um, Prime. Amazon Prime, but it's, <laughs> this is a roundabout way to get, I used to love Queen when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, I love that. I've never and, known that. That's and that so music great. was all through this, and oh, I just finished it last night, so I'm thinking that's about awesome. that. But <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So
0: some Queen albums.
2: Queen, and I, I mean, I love the spa-type music. You know, just having it in the back—the <laughs> whale sounds and the the calm stuff. But oh, I love uh, that. Alternative, yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. Uh, what will always make you laugh?
2: Mm. I think hearing little kids laugh. I just cannot. Hear, you know, that hearty belly laugh oh, where they're just going. It's, and...
0: That's really good. That's really good.
2: And wit. I love really sharp wit.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, one of two books people should read.
2: Well, there's one called Leaning into God's Embrace. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, you know, one of my favorites I read every year is called Testament of Devotion by Thomas Kelly. Okay. He's a Quaker, and it's this tiny little book, but it's so much packed in there. I just love it. Yeah, I could give you a lot. I love um, Henry Nowen. Yes. Um, Gerald May writes a lot of good books. He's a psychiatrist who teaches a lot or taught a lot on the contemplative prayer. Um Richard Rohr. Yeah. Love his books.
0: Love Richard Rohr. He's so good. Um, okay. If you had to leave Nashville forever, what would be some of your must go to places before you left town?
2: Mm, I think some of the green spaces, uh, Radnor Lake. Mm mm-hmm. um, we kayak a lot on Piercy Priest yeah. Lake and the Cumberland River. And so I'd want to go kayaking a few times. Um, a lot of the food places.
0: Do you have some favorite food places?
2: Um, kind of, sometimes it depends on the day, but I love the variety here. I yeah. love Coco's Italian Market. Oh, yeah. And,
0: Coco's is so good.
2: Um, I love, is it Adele's down huh. Yeah, down Adele's and, is good. Of American cuisine and um sitar, mm-hmm. that Indian place, and um wild ginger. Yes good sushi down there and uh Bucca Oh another <laughs> Italian.
0: <laughs> oh, I love Buca That's so good. <laughs> okay. Uh and then what do you think are one uh, one of the keys to a good life? Mm.
2: You know, I think one of the things is what I said earlier, giving yourself grace and giving other people grace. Yeah. Um, And I think we're able to do that when we know God loves us. And so the first thing would be getting to know God better. And the more we know God, the more we know God loves us. So that becomes what we do everything else out of.
0: That's great. Jackie, thank Thanks. you. This is great. You're Thanks,
2: Magic. <laughs> all Good right, to we'll see y'all next you. time. <laughs>